Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Okay, so praise the Lord, yeah? Amen, amen. It's joy to be here, as I said. I really thank God that I'm here and I'm standing in this building, uh, which was uh, just an open ground. God is amazing. So this morning I have uh, a message I want to share with you. I believe it's a message to encourage us, all of us here. Surely I strongly believe it's a message the Lord wants to give us together that we can uh, be encouraged this morning. Yes? You know, we live in, a, in days where there are so many things that come to discourage us, to push us back. This life many times has lots of ups and downs. So this morning I come to encourage us, yeah? And my theme is this morning is hitting the storm. And it comes from the story of Mark chapter 6 from verses... 45 to verses 52. But before we read there, I will ask someone to read for me quickly so that uh, I can make sure I keep the time. Before we read there, you know we have lots of storms in this life. Some of us have financial storm. And uh, you are asking yourself, how shall I make it? How shall I get out? Some of us have marital storms. Maybe things are not going well in your marriage. And you are asking yourself a question. Shall I manage this? Shall I go up to the end of this year? You are contemplating how should I make it, Lord? Some of us have ill health storms, sicknesses. And these are storms that affect us. Some of us have storms of discouragement. You know, you know, you, there's some of us where you, wherever you turn, you're discouraged. Nobody is there to encourage you. And that can be a storm. And wherever you go, they, just whatever somebody speaks, it's a discouragement. It's a storm and can uh, destroy us. Some of us have storms of opposition. And you're being opposed in whatever you want to do. You're being opposed, you know. Even your mind itself says you can't make it because you are like this, like this, like this, so you can't make it. So it's an opposition from within and without. Some of us have storms of barrenness. There are so many storms. Unanswered prayers, storms of failure. Anyone who has ever failed? The times we fail many times. But you know, failing is not an issue. You keep on trying until you get what you want. But you know the enemy says, you failed the other day, today you are going to fail, and tomorrow you are going to fail, and you believe it. And you say, I am a failure. And you know what? God never has that vocabulary of saying, you are a failure. None of us is a failure before God. Yes? But those are storms that come to us. Uh, storms of loneliness. Some of us can be so lonely that uh, you really say, shall I ever get out of this? Yes. I who is speaking to you, 
uh, at some point, some fears, I was very lonely. I lost my wife. She died. And I was so lonely. I would not sleep. I thought the world is ending in a minute. I thought I was dying in a minute. You know, loneliness can kill. And these are storms. But I have good news for us. These storms can come. But they are things they can never take away from you. So let us go to Mark chapter 6 and verses 45 to 52. If I can get a good reader to read for me, that would be very good. Yeah? Yes. Yes, please. Uh, immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida, where he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Surely, shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass them by, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down, and they were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. Thank you. So we have a story. These are disciples. They are not ordinary people around. These are people walking with Jesus. And he puts them in this boat. He tells them, you go ahead of me. And in the Bible says, the comment, actually, the, 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 the Bible talks about this in depth, that they had reached five kilometers, five miles in the lake. They was inside the lake. And uh, a storm comes, and they are frightened. These are disciples. They had seen Jesus do mighty stuff. But this time, he was not in the boat. I want to share with you a few things that possibly will encourage someone here this morning as we look at them. Six things the storm cannot destroy or cannot hit. Verse 45 has told, spoken that immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. Now, the purpose of them going out was not stopped. Yeah? They had a storm where they were going, but actually, they reached the final destination. So, number one is, the storm cannot destroy God's purpose for you. That there is a purpose as to why you and I are alive today. And the storm cannot destroy that. Even while you're in this storm, as you call upon the Lord Jesus Christ, he will take you through it. And you reach your final destination. Yeah? yeah. So the storm cannot destroy his purpose for you. There's a verse in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And he says, all things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So whatever we go through, 
the purpose of God for our lives will surely come to pass. Amen? Amen. Yes, we need to encourage ourselves and know surely that what God has purpose to do for you in your lifetime, when you believe and stay in him, it will surely come to pass. Nobody can take it away from you. And the book of Nahum, chapter 1, verse 3 says, The Lord has his way in the storm. The Lord has his way in the storm. Even the storm where you think he's not there, he has his way in the storm. Number two, no storm can destroy his prayer for you. No storm can, can destroy his prayer for you. Jesus prayed for his disciples before he left that they become one as he's one with the Father. And you know, whatever happens our way, the prayer of the Lord for his disciples will surely come to pass. Nothing can destroy his prayer for us. Let us look at verse 46. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Don't you think he was praying for them as well? Jesus is all-knowing. He knew what was happening. He was not in the boat, but he was praying for them. Hallelujah. So sometimes we reach where we say, is the Lord with me? Surely does he even understand that I'm there? He knows that you are there. And he's praying for you. So no storm can destroy his prayer for you. Luke chapter 3, verse 21 to 22, it talks about Jesus' baptism. When he was being baptized, how heaven was opened, and uh, God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Yes? He said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Praise the Lord. And, uh, and you know what? God sees you and he says, this is my beloved daughter. This is my beloved son. These words was to, were to Jesus, but actually today you're his child. They're yours as well. They're mine as well. Sometimes we take these words to say, oh no, they're for other people, not me. But actually, they are for you. They are mine. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit descended and this voice came. Praise the Lord. Number three, no storm can destroy his presence. No storm can destroy his presence. You know, when he came... Five, you know, walking on water, five kilometers on water, when they saw him, they thought he was a ghost. They could not believe it. They had never seen him walk on the water. And you know what, beloved? If I was there then, I would also think the same. Because it had never happened. Nobody had ever walked on water. Some of the things we read in the Bible 
really, we, we have the opportunity to read and we say, oh, yes, and it's okay, okay. But if you were there then, maybe we would even run away from him and drown. They had never seen him walk on the water. But he did. And uh, he said, you know, it's I. So even when you are afraid, he comes and says, it is I. And you cool down. And you know he has come. And when he comes in, things change. How many have heard of a man is going to be with the Lord? A man called uh, uh, Bonky. Anyone here? Yes. Bonky said these words. Bonky one time said, he said, the devil is not a lion. The devil is like a mouse on a microphone. He's not a lion. And he said, the only lion we have is Jesus. And Peter said, the devil is like a rolling lion. He's not a lion. But when he comes our ways, we can run all of us because we think a lion has come. And he's not. So every time I remember, I remember that statement. And he's a lion on micro, he's like a, a rat on a microphone. A mouse on a microphone. If you brought a mouse on a microphone, actually you may think it's a lion. But it's not. Praise God. That the devil is not a lion. Jesus is the lion of Judah. He's there for you even when you don't understand it. He's there for you even when you don't know it. He is there for you. You remember the story of, uh, uh, of, 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 of uh, there's a man in the Bible who died, and Lazarus. And Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. And uh, Jesus was told Lazarus is sick, and then he was told Lazarus is dead, and Jesus did not go even for burial. And he went after four days. And when he reached, the sisters were not very, they were not angry with him. But they said, had you been here, possibly he would have not died. And uh, Jesus said, okay, take me to the grave. He said, don't go to the grave. He's thinking. Is four days now. And those days, they did not have the technology you people have, yeah? They did not have that to treat the body for, you, these days you can even treat the body for many years, a thousand years. But that time they did not have. And just when he reached the grave, he resurrected Lazarus. And he came back with him. Jesus is never late. <laughs> Even after four days in the grave. He is never late. Some of us can say, well, I'm, old. I'm old. You, don't, you people don't even talk about 
age. You don't talk about being old. Sometimes you fear, you think when we talk about I'm old, you think you're dying tomorrow. It doesn't work like that. God keeps you. He will keep you. Yes? And you can say, oh, I'm too old. I can't do this. It doesn't work like that. God can say, oh, no, you're going to do it. And the sister said, if you were here, our brother would have not died. When Jesus came after four days and Lazarus was raised to life again, there is no storm that can destroy his presence. Praise the Lord. Even his death, the death of Lazarus would not never, never, would never destroy him. When Jesus came, the death of Lazarus turned into life and the man was back to life again. Number four, no storm can destroy his peace. They cried out to him and he calmed the storm. Verse 49, they cried to him and he calmed the storm. Hallelujah. When you and I cry to the Lord Jesus, he can take us out of the situation we are in. And tomorrow, we give a testimony. That's why they are testimonies. That's why we testify. We testify because God has done something new in our lives. Something we never expected. Something that was beyond our expectations. And we stand amazed and we say, I have a testimony. You know, for me, I, I come from a Catholic background, and this business of God speaking, I did not know about it. I thought people who talk about God speaking to everybody were liars. But one day, sorry, one day, he spoke to me. And I told the priests, ah, I am born again. And they chased me away. Thank God that Jesus met me. I would not be here today with you. I would have become a Catholic priest. Possibly, I would have even perished a long time ago without knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior in my life. No storm can destroy his peace. He's the Prince of Peace. Nothing can bring peace like Jesus. Nothing. You know, you have, you know we've been in COVID. You know, back home, you were closed up completely. If anybody came to your house and, they, and, and his neighbors saw, so they would report to police and they would come for you. But those who are believers in Jesus, we held our peace. We held our peace. Why? Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows everything concerning your life, concerning my life, concerning our lives. But if we don't have his peace, we can easily go off. Why? Because we have nothing. We don't have the Prince of Peace in our lives. Number five. No storm can destroy his power. Verse 52, 51. Verse 51 no storm can destroy his power. Let me read that. 
Leviticus chapter 6, verse 51. I'm sorry, I was had put this on my PowerPoint, but I erased it without knowing. So that's why you don't have this. On a... Yes. Then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased. And they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. Hallelujah. No storm can destroy his peace. There is a prayer David made, and I want you to possibly make that prayer for your life. Yeah? In Psalms 61, I hope. Psalms 61, if you can turn with me quickly there. Psalms chapter 60. Let me see. Yeah. Yes, Psalm 61. This is the prayer of David. And this is what he says, verse 1 and 2. He said, Hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You know, we need to come to this point of saying, Lord, lead me to this rock that's beyond me. Jesus is the rock of ages. He's our salvation. So every day we need to ask God, lead me to this rock, Lord, that is higher than me. So no, no storm can destroy his power. And last and not least, no storm can destroy his plans for you. God has great plans for each one of us. Each one of us. I hope we understand this. Can you tell your neighbor God has a plan for you? Tell your neighbor that. Some, some of you may not believe this. But actually, God has a plan for each one of us. There is no failure in God's kingdom. No. We come as failures, but as long as we enter, we are no longer failures. Because we are with him. Praise the Lord. There is a verse, you know, this popular verse. Everybody knows this verse uh, from Jeremiah 29 verse 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. A future. You know, all of us work, all of us go to school for a better future. The reason we go to school is for a better future. The reason we work hard is for a better future. But actually, God has a future, better future for us. Not that you don't plan well. No, 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 plan well, yes, but a plan in God because he knows your future. Your future is in his hands. Praise the Lord. How am I doing with time? Five, seven minutes. Five, seven minutes, okay. Five, seven minutes. So I want us to pray. I want us to pray. 
I don't come here as an expert. No, not at all. I come here to encourage and to be encouraged. The preaching of the kingdom is actually two-way two traffic. You give and you receive. You love and you are loved. You give and you receive. You, you get, yeah? If you don't give, you don't receive. Sometimes we talk about that in terms of finance, but actually in everything else. If you had good news and you don't share this good news, you don't receive as well. So I, I just come as a brother to you. They don't look at the skin. No, we have, we have the same blood group. We are going to heaven. We are believers in Jesus. We're the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And you know what? I've never found this anywhere else apart from the church Jesus is building. Outside, there are different nationalities. Inside, we are one in the Lord Jesus. Outside, there are different levels of qualifications. Inside, we are believers in Christ. Amen. Amen. And that's exciting. You know, you don't ask. You know, I've never asked believers, oh, okay, you want to be part of our church? So what qualification do you have? Never asked that. It's not needed. Are you hungry for God? Yes, come in. Do you want to explore more of God? Yes, come in. And that's the main thing we need to look for. Praise the Lord.